Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show that focuses on people and organizations making a big difference here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And joining us right now is Miss Kimberly Goodwin, and she is with Walls Down Productions, and they have been doing so many arts and sports things for kids. Kimberly, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Chris? I'm great. I want to say happy holidays and happy new year. You guys celebrate anything special this weekend? Um, no, just the birth of Christ. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about what you guys have been doing for the kids over the last calendar year in 2022 in particular. I, no, you know what? Let's just go all the way back. A lot of people, sometimes they want to start a nonprofit and sometimes they talk themselves out of it. And it is not the easiest thing in the world to do. I'm going to give you your props right now because what you're doing is takes a lot of courage and conviction because not everybody is able to get it done. First of all, how did you get started with Walls Down Productions and what was your idea to make this thing happen? Um, well, I, I came up with the concept uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I, I write and I produced a production called Yeshua mm-hmm. and I had children involved and and so I, I'm actually in really into the arts scene and I always wanted to make a place for young people and communities to mm-hmm. be able to experience the arts with um, various different concepts um, changing it up a little bit and so I wanted to have a camp for children um, that would do arts programming. And that's initially how I came up with the idea um, to create the nonprofit. And I called it Walls Down because I wanted to bring walls down Mm -hmm. um, when it came to the different aspects of arts and young people who don't have an opportunity a lot of times to participate in in the arts. Um, So it will bring down those walls of financial restraints or cultural differences so that they will be able to be exposed to the arts in various different genres, whether it be classical or um, dance, um, folklorical, um, all the different aspects, African dance, Mm -hmm. just different aspects to the arts. And so we went um, ahead with it. I've been thinking about doing a nonprofit. I was in nonprofit work for over 20 years and I know how difficult it was. So I've stumbled along the way. And then ultimately in 2019, um, I went ahead and applied for our 501c3 and we were approved and declared a nonprofit in December, December of 2019. So it's been about 20 years that I've had the concept I just, of course, as you said, I get dis- I was getting discouraged sure. <laughs> um, because of how ex- how extensive it is and how much goes into a nonprofit organization. I wasn't sure that we could pull it all together, but we did. And um, 2020 came and went, and we um, weren't able this year. We began starting to do some work, and we've done a program called Artsy Four Calls, which was we brought in different artists from different genres, whether it be photography, mm-hmm. um, painting, um, calligraphy, sketch art, and so we had all those different concepts in one place for children to come out and see, and we had some demonstrations, um, and so that kind of began us going down the path to creating programs for the for, for the community and children. That's so wonderful. Kimberly, it, it sounds like when you said Walls Down Production, it's about making things accessible. 
making all mm-hmm. these different things accessible to kids so that they can use their imaginations, right, and give them some different kind of structure, but showing them that there's different avenues to being artistic. Yes, definitely. That's it. What What's your favorite? Is it is it the um, the plays or is it the, um, you know, just you just tell me what, what's your 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 favorite part about what you're doing. Um, I guess my favorite part is, yes, um, theater, mm-hmm. uh, musical theater, okay. um, especially, is where my heart is. I've been a part of the music community pretty much my whole life. I got a degree uh, where I went to college to get a degree for a classical voice. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I've i always liked to be in plays and productions. And, and so I think this gives children... Um, a wider view of the arts because you can work lights or you can do costumes. Sure. You don't have to be just the actor or actress, right? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So it gives them um, opportunities to explore what they're good at and, and to also be a part of making something at the end that um, includes everybody. Right. Um, And so that's my favorite part about the arts. That is fantastic. And we mentioned, you know, your journey of, of getting uh, Walls Down production, that 501c3. And I, I want to use you as an example because a lot of people, they want to do a, a, a nonprofit or they're thinking about a nonprofit. And I know you, like you said, you've been involved with nonprofits for like 20 years. So you've seen it from the inside and the outside, but you are determined to get it done, right? Yes. Yes. I've been, uh, I was a program coordinator for Girls Incorporated for over six years. And, and I started my first job was at the Moreland YMCA Mm -hmm. in Oak Cliff. And, and so I've been on the side from programming for two to three year olds, all the way up to college level um, students. So yeah, um, being able to maintain um, because it requires a lot of help, you know, a lot yes, of volunteers, a lot of minds working together mm-hmm. to create a project or, or a program. And that's where you kind of um, can fall into self-doubt and doubt about it, because a lot of times people don't catch a hold to the vision um, immediately. Right. You know, it's something that has to build. It has to grow and people have to see your effort. So that's the struggle a lot of times is building that core group of people and volunteers and contributors um, to be able to get a project or a program going. So, well, let's yeah, go ahead and give a shout out to your core because I know, again, it takes a, a lot of volunteers to make things successful. But I'm sure you've had, like you said, a few people who have been there to help you along the way and you want to give them their props. Go right ahead. Um, I'd like to, um, of course, give props and appreciation to my parents, um, William and Deborah Goodwin, who um, have always did their best to support me um, and who also are hands on Mm -hmm. with helping me in any kind of way that I need. Also, our church family, Grace Deliverance Bible Church. Um, where my my dad is the pastor. Mm-hmm. And so the whole church um, is always open to assist in any kind of way, whether it be bodies or financially. Um, I have gained a lot of support um, through just the church period. My brother, Adrian, 
who um, is always there to be the one who picks up and puts down and sets up and takes pictures and does video. So I am blessed to have uh, tribal people, um, cousins, and you know, who are sure. all willing to be a part of the mission. And what age range are the kids that you're using and, and helping out with your with your nonprofit and, and, and educating them on the arts? What are the age ranges? It's from six to 18, which is our um, actual allotted demo. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do work with, you know, communities. We want to be partners with communities and other organizations. So um, it's a, um, we welcome all ages to to events and things that we host. But generally, I want to focus on young people ages six years to 18. And when you get together with the kids, is it over the weekend or is it after school? What's kind of like the schedule of when you're able to get the kids together for the productions or or, or when you get them together to do some of the uh, the arts kind of things? Well, generally, what we would do is when I come up with the concept, um, a show or anything mm-hmm. of that nature, I go in with asking for the children of my family and friends first. And it could go from a day activity that we only do for that one day, or it could be if we're doing a production or a show, we could go over weeks or months. Sure. So it just depends on what we're doing. Um but going forward, we want to make it where we do at least two to three opportunities for children over a course of a couple of months mm-hmm. to acclimate them to whatever project we're doing. Now, you mentioned the camps. You were, you were wanting to do some camps. Are those camps be for the summertime or the mm-hmm. spring or all year round? You just tell me. Yeah. They would be summer camps mm-hmm. um, where we would um, host uh, the events on a weekly basis um, until we get to the ultimate goal, um, which would be a summer camp where they would stay for a two weeks, 10 day Mm -hmm. um, programs where they would get an opportunity to create their own show or um, create their own concept that they all work on for that period of time presented um, at the end of the um, camp. To you know, family and friends. You know what? You you were going down the same path I was thinking. I was like, okay, how many of the ideas that the kids come up with that you're able to create and have them perform? Yes, that's the ultimate goal mm-hmm. is to begin to research and work with you to determine what types of um, arts programming they want to produce themselves. Mm-hmm. And we just help them along, you know, with um, costumes and staging and lighting. Sure. And so they would kind of come up with the whole concept and we'd work with them to achieve that. Have you found that uh, a lot of kids like to either videotape their performances or watch them online in some kind of capacity? In other words, is there, is there some kind of an interactive part to this other than just watching it with your in person? Because I know a lot of kids nowadays, whether it's gaming or whether it's, you know, Snapchat or TikTok, they're always creative stuff like that, especially with TikTok. Yes, of course. Um, that's one of the initiatives that we were wanting to do um, in, in 2023 is to host a TikTok event. There you um, go. Basically to, to be um, kind of like a fundraiser where we would do a live TikTok um, event where they would kind of compete 
against one another for concepts um, to present on TikTok. And we would give them, um, they would have prizes and things like that, but it would just be in one room where everybody would have their own their own section and they would just be creating on the spot mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of posting with along with everyone um, for Walls Down Productions as a um, event for us and them. I love that because that's taking the arts into the technology. It's combining arts and technology, right? Mm-hmm. And that's their thing. So oh, yeah. we just kind of want to kind of let them guide us along and and make sure that you know, and also during the time of that process, we will be talking to them about appropriateness sure. um, on TikTok and on these different platforms mm-hmm. and just kind of try to take that energy into a positive direction. Yeah, um, give them so an education on how to use it and, and let them realize, OK, there's some responsibility yes. with this technology and being online because all kinds of people can see your work. Exactly. And that it never goes away. It never and goes away. So if you are an artist or you're an entertainer, there are ways to present um, your artistry and your creativeness um, in a way that it's, it appeals to the mass, not just to a set, you know, a set group um, according to the type of information you're putting out there, the type of artistry that you're putting out. So just kind of guiding them and helping them and also incorporating something that they love to do, which mm-hmm. is TikToking. Exactly. So let's go back to this a couple of months ago, back in the fall. You did the Artsy for a Cause. Tell me how you came up with that idea and what was involved with that and how successful was it? Um, I came up with that idea because I know that there are a lot of artists that I know um, personally whose artistry is not seen mm-hmm. um, because it's not, um, it's not. They don't have the exposure. Yeah, they don't have the same exactly. exposure. Yeah. Exactly. And I know that they all have a cause that they want to pr- promote. And and so when I went through the list of all the artists that I know and all the different types of art that they create, I thought it would be cool to get them all in one room um, and kind of network with one another. And mm-hmm. we had a spoken word um, poet there who collaborated with another artist there. Um, we've had we had uh, my cousin who's a photographer and his work, which is um, it's it's um, it's very creative because a lot of his photos and images or in um, the southern sectors of Dallas. And he catches these moments of people who may be in an unfortunate situation, but um, he captures the spirit of of their their situation. And he takes these random shots that are beautiful that have a lot of different um, aspects to them. And and so we we just wanted to put them all together and, and let them all see each other's work because a lot of them they didn't know one another and then the kids came in and and they were able to visualize and see um the actual artists mm-hmm. um not just the pictures on the wall they got to interact with the actual artists who created the work and find out and, their inspiration um, so exactly and find out how they got started exactly or, you know pick their why brains did you, why did you paint this right yeah yeah, so I, it was it was a success. I, I believe that everybody went away. Um, I also had uh, a modeling agency there with young people, okay. young ladies, um, TM, TMM 
uh, model management and um, and they came out and they did a little presentation and it was little girls ages, you know, probably from six to around 10 or 11 and one young boy. And so they did a little presentation of their artistry and how they uh, present their art, which is modeling. And so it was just cool to have all those different concepts in one room. Oh, I like that the fact that you have the the kids who are able to do some modeling because sometimes that could actually lead to some work with, you know, like yes. a, a corporation that, that does use kids in their f- photography or uh, modeling some of their, their clothing and things like that because you just never know. You just never know. The, the, this kid is cute. I saw a picture of him or, or I saw a picture yeah. of her. She was modeling. And kids love fashion. Fashion are big time in the world today. Yeah. You say something about And they are they are a traveling group. They're, they're headed to Paris oh, in 2023. Yeah. So oh, nice. it is very effective and it keeps them out of trouble and it gives them something else mm-hmm. to focus on. And they're led by a wonderful, uh, wonderful lady who um, keeps them grounded and and everything. And so it's just beautiful to see that our young children are able to step outside the box and do something different, you know, and that is what art does. For exactly. Us. It really does. It opens their minds up and gives them opportunities because you never know if somebody says, you know what, that person, that kid is talented and they, that kid is going places and gives them the opportunity, which leads us to this coming year in 2023. Some of the things you're looking forward to. When we first talked, you came up with this idea, a concept of combining sports and arts in a combine. Usually you hear about sports having combines in the, in the spring, especially in football. They have combines where they're showing off their skill set, and sometimes kids wind up getting drafted. And you're thinking about arts and sports together and calling it sports as a combine. So mm-hmm. explain the concept, how you came up with the idea, and what you want to see happen. Well, I, I have got, gotten so attached and interested in sports over the last five or six years. And, um, and when I listen to uh, one of my favorite stations. 105.3 The, the Fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of the hosts talk about different um, organizations that they're involved in and, and that you know, or outside of sports mm-hmm. um, for children and different organizations and, sure. and things like that. The and nonprofits so they thought, work with. Yeah. I, yes. Yes. And so I think about that and I said, well, they're, they're sports guys, but they're involved in nonprofit issues. And I talk, I hear you all talk about arts and music and entertainment. And like you say, movie watching is a sport and uh-huh. all these different concepts. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's cool. That's cool. Maybe we can find a way to incorporate both and um, encourage our children to um, want to engage in sports and arts. Um, Don't feel like they have to choose one. Um, And and a lot of times they don't know where um, their advantages are going to come from, where their opportunities are going to come from. Mm -hmm. And so um, this way we combine this. um, It's a one of a kind type of event. Um, where we will explore and and show children the different aspects of sports and arts and how they um, 
correlate to one another. Sure. Um, you have focus and hand-eye coordination and team building, mm -hmm. critical thinking. All of these things are benefits of the sports and arts. So I just decided with uh, some of the other people in our organization that we wanted to do something to combine those. So that's how I came up with the combine um, aspect is that they will get to experience these different um, sections and cabanas, as we're calling them, where you'll have an arts expert over here or an art demonstration here and a sports demonstration there and bringing out different um, local um, artists and athletes that can talk about how they combine the sports and arts, because we have a lot of athletes who love the arts um, and, and a lot of artists who love sports. So being able to bring them out to kind of expose the fact that you can enjoy both, you know, mm -hmm. and your opportunities can come from either direction. You know, you can get an art scholarship or, and you can get an athletic scholarship. You can get an academic scholarship. So there are all these different opportunities that if you don't know about them, you kind of miss out on it. Or if you don't know that you have that inside of you, um, you don't ever take advantage of it. And you know what? I think, like you said, it's all about opportunities, especially for kids. And a lot of kids love sports and they have some artistic inclinations and they're kids who are very artistic mm -hmm. and they may want to learn some sports drills. They might want to learn the different things that, mm -hmm. okay, wait a minute, even if I'm just running, maybe I could run track or maybe if I, I have some hand-eye yes. coordination, I could play some baseball or softball or, or maybe even some tennis. I, I love where you're thinking on this and, yes. and to combine them all and, like you said, have cabanas and have – you know, some experts or some teachers or some artists or some sports figures there. That seems like a win-win for everybody, right? Yes, yes. And and ultimately, like with that event, I want to um, be able to bring out children from other nonprofit organizations, i.e. the Boys and Girls Club or YMCA sure. or Girls Incorporated, a church groups. Um, our goal is to be able to provide the transportation there that way they won't have to worry about whether they can afford to get to the area or the event venue where we're going to be hosting it and so we would take that off the table as far as well how are we going to get them there you know and a lot mm -hmm. of times that's an issue um is how to get them to the place so we want to be able to provide transportation um for them to to be able to be present and be able to participate. And Kimberly, if people want more information about Walls Down Productions, what can they do? How can they reach you? They can reach us at wallsdownproductions at gmail.com or contact us via phone at 214-980-3003 or Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Walls Down Productions. Everybody's on Facebook. Sounds like a winner. Thanks, Kimberly. And joining us right now is my good buddy. He is Officer Burvin Smith of the Northeast Division Neighborhood Police Unit of the Dallas Police Department. How you doing, Burvin? I'm doing wonderful, man. Thanks for having me this morning. I'm glad to have you, especially because it is the holidays. Happy New Year. You guys have been doing a lot of stuff 
from, from Thanksgiving all the way on. First of all, you do stuff year-round, but especially during the holidays, you guys have been taking care of, of Hamilton Park and that area of northeast Dallas so well with so many different projects where you're doing stuff with the community. Can you talk about some of the things you've been doing, especially the holiday in the park stuff? Well, this is – and to be honest with you, this has kind of been a slow year for us, mm -hmm. if you can imagine that. Um I oftentimes tease people, you know, within the community engagement community we have here in Northeast or in Dallas. Um, I always call Northeast the crime watch capital of the world. And I, I laugh and it's funny, but I really mean it. Um, we do so much outreach here in Northeast um, and very proud of, of, of what we've done here. Um, this year was nothing unusual in the sense that there, I've never seen so much need. I guess it is unusual. I've never seen so much need. Um, post-pandemic. Okay. We always have a lot of families that use some assistance, but um, this year we tried to step it up because the calls, I started getting the calls back in like August, and I operate off my cell phone, my personal cell phone. I know a lot of people like the distance to keep, you know, personal and, and work numbers separate, et cetera, but I've always tried to be accessible to the citizens here, and I think that's built a great relationship because I try to be accessible. So uh, this year I started getting the calls about Families needing not only toys, but they were needing food. They were needing assistance, getting back and forth to work. Um, we tied all that thing, all those things together. We said, let's have some fun with our, um, our um, hope for the holidays. We did that on the 17th over on Skillman at the Lake Holland Pitt office, Public Improvement District office. And we saw that the need was going to be really tremendous and probably one morning wasn't going to be enough. So we also went to the 20, the this next week, the 10th and the 17th, those were the two dates. Mm -hmm. And the 17th, we want to be what I call a little closer to the fire, which is a really uh, tough area for citizens to live in. And there's also a lot of need there. A lot of apartment complexes, a lot of folks not making a lot of money, can't make ends meet. You know, people think that 10 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour is a is a living. That's, the, that's a wage for the working poor, I call it. Yeah. And I just call it what it is. And we try to bridge that gap between those families, single parents especially, who need the help. And we rely a lot on the school district, RISD and DISD counselors, to help us pinpoint those those um, families or mothers who need the help. Because if you say everything is free, then people will come get it just because. But we try to we held things aside to make sure we address what those families' needs are. And our great relationship with the apartment community. Um, businesses and owners of Apartment Association of Greater Dallas, et cetera, we tapped into all those folks, letting them know, I said, I will have a heavy need um, come Christmas. And these folks in Northeast Dallas responded like you wouldn't imagine. I have a small desk area where I work, um, and every day, not every other day, every day in the last two weeks leading up to Christmas, I would come to work to bags of toys. Hmm. Uh, bags of things that these families could use. And this is something we do every year. Um, in addition to our other normal events that we do during the year, um, our, our large kids health and safety fair we do, which honors special needs families, that's done the second Saturday of November every year. We had over 4,000 people. Thank you, Chris, for promoting it and getting it out on your social media sure. channels. Um, a lot of folks, um, we did a lot of stuff for special needs family special needs the ambux bikes okay. the trikes we gave away a lot of those over 800 toys i mean I'm, I'm sorry 800 turkeys um we gave away like i want to say 500 coats 
brand new coats, not used. It's an annual event we do at Northeast. Um, we really try to get with the counselors at the schools and the officers on the street to give us the names and information. Um, and, and we do stuff the old fashioned way, uh, Chris, there at Northeast. I mean, social media is great, um, but the families we're trying to reach, to be honest with you, you know, we go to a lot of convenience stores. We go to a lot of shopping centers and put the flyers up mm-hmm. and the flyers out in hand. Um, I know a lot of schools like to use peach jar and these different systems of, of sending information to the parents, but I try to meet people where they are at Northeast. And I've been here at Northeast probably 20 of my 32 years on the department. And I, I find that a lot of these families, especially the single moms, their phone numbers, Chris, to be honest with you, they may change phone numbers twice or three times a year. I can see that. Because they can't pay the bill, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, okay, that system is great for the schools, for maybe certain families, but the ones I'm trying to reach, you have to put things in their hand. You know, you have to um, knock on the door, go to the places where they may hang out, um, find this. We would like to find the individuals who have the biggest Facebook followings in these areas and and get the flyers to, to them. Make sure we have a good working relationship with them. You know, 21st, we, I call that 21st century policing at its best when we do at Northeast or the community engagement unit as a whole. I mean, we do a lot of stuff that you probably never hear about or don't make the news. Um, and, um, and this is why I like what you North- do. I mean, this is what you're doing is I think is an example of the way I think most people around the country would love the law enforcement to be in, involved with their community, the co- community engagement. It's like it's more than just keeping the community safe. It's more than just, you know, going after the quote unquote bad guys. It's making sure people know that you're a part of what of their lives because you're there for There's them. No, no, no doubt about it. Chief David Brown said it several years ago, well, probably six or seven years ago now. He made a statement. I remember at council. He said something about we can't arrest our way out of the, the issues that society has. Right. And we have to continue to build that trust, even though we may have bumps in the road where citizens may not trust us or question our tactics, et cetera. I understand that uh, we have a long history with um, certain communities in this in this country. Mm-hmm. And our job is to always continue to build trust and let folks know that we're also part of that community. Dallas Police Department does an excellent job of, of reaching those communities and not just saying, you know, though I guess the baseball term, you build it, they'll come. Right. We have to come to them. We have to come to them and always, oh, my dad used to say this when I was a kid, when I leave the house or go looking for a job as a youngster, he say, son, show yourself friendly. And I always said, show yourself. And, I, and I, you think about, I, you know, as I get older, I think about what that meant. He says, I always show myself as being open, trying to be honest and be willing to help. Um, because in a lot of the communities that we serve, people only see the police when it's a, a 911 situation. Right. It's so important to meet people and just say, hey, I'm part of this community. Let's just have a talk. And it's a method to it. I mean, just... Um, you know, crime watch meetings are great, et cetera, but there's only certain people you're probably going to get at some of those meetings. You have to go to the barbershops. I remember Major Quig and other departments doing uh, the, the barbershop talk. Mm-hmm. In a lot of the communities I serve, this is where you find um, the movers and shakers of the community or in the churches. You know, partner with these churches and find out what that congregation needs to see if we can fulfill some of those needs. And you can't just do it once and say, oh, we did it. We did this once. It didn't go so well. You have to build your trust by going back over and over 
and we do a great job with the Austin Police Department. I just toot my horn. We go to these communities, sometimes get beat up, get a lot of bad language thrown at us, but that's our job. This is what we signed up to do. It's not always glorious like you see on CSI and these other TV shows. Mm -hmm. You know, we sometimes, we, we deal with people sometimes in their worst situations, and we always have to be that encouraging voice, no matter how bad it is or what the circumstance is. We have to always be on the positive uplift part of it. And part of that is doing these events. Um, DPD started back the, I want to throw this out, the boxing of uh, the PAL Police Athletic League is back up there on Forest, 97 oh, good. Forest. Oh, good. That is awesome. And they really change lives. I really believe competition and uh, structure like that build character in a lot of these kids. And a lot of these kids like to fight and they want to fight. So we have the police, you know, hey, let's, if you want to be a fighter and a boxer and all that and a tough guy, get in this ring. Come do some of the training that's necessary to improve your skills. And it's not about the fighting to us, really. It's really about getting them in a structured environment to find out what they need and how we can help them and show them a different side of the police department. And you can you can look that information up or donate. If you don't mind me throwing this plug out, Chris, to the Dallas Police Youth Foundation.org. That's Dallas Police Youth Foundation.org. It's a 501c3. You can donate or contact them, seeing how you can help out or encourage these young kids because they are the future. And um, uh, I just really love what Sergeant Tillerson and the folks from the Police Athletic League are doing with these children. They're changing lives right in front of you. What I call ground zero where shootings and killings and um, real life situations are happening. And they're they're right there in the middle of it. They're right there at Forest and Ardelia, um, right there by this Aldi and the city mm -hmm. trends in that little corner. Come out. They won't start back up to the first of the year, but contact me, uh, email me, call me, um, Bourbon Smith, 214-202-6255, and I can put you in touch um, with those officers who do an excellent job um, uh, with the boxing gym up there on Forest Lane. So uh, we got a lot of things coming in 2023. Uh, we're going to be uh, starting up with our job fairs again with the Lake Collins PS offering kids opportunities to um, – to get a, a summer job as spring comes around. Uh -huh. We're going to be doing a lot of outreach stuff with those families as far as like um, we're hoping to do some three-on-three -three basketball coming up this year. And that there's a, there's, in front of the boxing gym, there's a big basketball court. We want to do some friendly three-on-three -three basketball and also uh, hopefully do some some training. That would mean my training, have companies come out this year again and offer jobs because when the kids come out, the parents may come out and watch the kid play. Exactly. We want to take advantage of that time with them to say, hey, here's some places where you can go get your GED. We want to try to partner with Richardson School, Rich, um, uh, Richland College again. They have some really great programs that are right up the street from us mm -hmm. that will help you get your licensing and uh, or trade in and driving heavy machinery, things like that, a trade, something you can take with you from place to place. We want to do that again starting this spring um, and just really open ourselves up, put ourselves on the front line to improving lives because, you know, the, the, the options are, are, aren't a lot for some of these kids. It's, it's jail, it's prison, it's death. And I don't want to see any of that for those kids. And we as police, we, you know, a lot of guys say, I used to do the committee, I used to do the boards, Chris, when people, when officers would join the department, I used to be on these, um, these boards with the officers would come in and you'd ask them 
one of the things you'd ask the the potential officer, the recruit rather, you'd ask them, why do you want to be a police officer? Mm-hmm. And nine out of ten, Chris, would say, I want to help somebody. I want to make a difference. And and we as police officers, we got to continue and get back to that. And and and, can, and a lot of officers do that already, but we need to make an emphasis, I think, uh, especially in community policing like we've been doing, is make an emphasis on um, really helping folks. And sometimes going to jail isn't, it's a necessary evil, I guess, of my job. Mm-hmm. But when there are opportunities to help or lend a hand, we got to continue to do that. And again, show ourselves friendly and and somewhat be social workers. We are in many instances because people look at the police to solve all kinds of problems. And we have to be open to that um, and be able to have resources to give them, not just say, hey, there's nothing I can do and move on. We got to try to some way point them in the right direction. And, and our community engagement unit, we do, again, an excellent job. Other departments contact us often. Other cities say, how are you doing that? How are you putting this on? Uh, we have an excellent program called Volunteers in Patrol. These are citizens that patrol their neighborhoods. Is They're that right? Yeah, it's called, it's called Volunteers in Patrol. And they drive their neighborhoods. They're an extra set of eyes and ears for the police. It's a non-confrontational deal. Uh-huh. It's not, you're not carrying a gun. You're not carrying a weapon. But you drive around the neighborhood and you report things to 911 about what's happening in your neighborhood. And it is an excellent program. We have over a thousand people trained here at Northeast in VIP. And these become our volunteers for other things. They want to feel that connection with the police. Mm-hmm. And we try to go into neighborhoods that could use that assistance and train these folks up for our training. We do a background screening on them. And we they they out there and they're they're just they're miniature law enforcement officers, but without a gun, their their only weapon is their phone, um, and their eyes. And this is again breaking down those barriers and and making it not a what people sometimes feel, but it's never been like that with the cops of me against you. It becomes really a we deal. Hey, we're gonna solve yes. this problem. We have a when I talk to them, I say, Hey, no, we have a problem with I cars being broken too. We have an issue, guys. How can y'all help us? Can mm-hmm. you patrol this area a little bit more in your neighborhood? And they're so eager to be included. And again, 21st century policing, we're breaking down barriers. We're we're showing them that we're part of this community um, and that we're, we're, we're willing to help and, we, we, and that we need your help to solve the societal problems. I love what Just, you're doing. Really, I love what you're doing because literally, like you said, 21st century policing what you're doing is showing some community engagement in creative ways but it's all about keeping everybody safe and making sure that people know you as opposed to oh there's a police car run no there's a police car wave yeah wave well hey let's stop and see what's going on right maybe they don't just see us as I don't, we want them to not see us as adversaries and there you go don't but we want to go to those communities where the police are there a lot. And then we do, and we have to do a lot of enforcement. We want to show them also that, Hey, we're part of this community. I said over and over. And again, like you said, don't run from us. Hey, come up to the car. If you see the officer, say hello to him, you know, um, uh, ask questions, you know, mm-hmm. find out why we're there. Um, we should be readily and happy to answer those questions, um, in those communities. And we do, uh, I know at Northeast, we it's an emphasis on outreach here and I'm, I'm I won't be here much longer, but I'm I'm just very proud. Are you saying you're trying to retire sometime soon? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. 
Easy. We we need you around here, man. You got to make sure a lot more people are trained up. You cannot you you cannot walk away. You can't go like Quig and walk away too soon. Oh man, (laughs) let me tell you. I I I talk to him often, and um, he is he is such a a great person. It was really a big loss to have him go. But you know, you you have to do. You have to take care of family, and I'll leave it at that. You have to take care of your family, and and I totally no one ever fought you that, but. I'm going to tell you, it's never hard coming to work here. I mean, it really isn't. This is, I've had some opportunities to do different things under the department. And uh, I have a pretty decent reputation, I guess. You know, bumps along the way. But um, I've always gravitated to being here. I think this is my calling. I think, I really believe this is my calling. I'm I'm, I'm a police officer in, 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 and I hate to say this, I'm, I'm really a police officer. I think sometimes the name only in many ways. Um, because I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't do a whole lot of enforcement stuff. Most of the things I do are, are outreach stuff. Yeah. You're and a community advocate. I really, yeah. And I, and I think sometimes the, the police badge and the gun helps me get folks attention. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes, it not does. Not in a bad way. Right. Right. It, it makes yeah. them It gives you a little bit of credibility. Yeah. The, the, as opposed to just yeah. a yeah. guy on the street in some blue jeans and a, and a, and a shirt. They say, wait a minute. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is a cop. What does this officer want? What is he saying? Mm-hmm. And I hope I have, an, in my old age, I hope I still have what we learned in the academy. And Sergeant Warren remembers this, you know, to talk about officer presence. And I hope I still have that. And I think we need officers who can command a little attention when they walk into a room. And we need to equip them, make sure they have a good message to give to the citizens and be uplifting and problem solvers. Um, is in 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 if we long long we continue doing that, the future is bright here in Dallas. Uh, got some outstanding young leaders that are stepping up into different positions, and uh, I'm just proud of where we are. And I just hope we can continue to build on it. I mean, COVID knocked us all back and put a stop to a lot of things that we were doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that we've turned the corner. I hope we have. And uh, I'm I'm just. Um, I'm doing a lot of reflection these days on my career. Well, you know, and, um, as we I'm reflect on your career, I wanted to know, because a lot of people listening probably want to know, when you were a little kid, did you always want to be a police officer? Or how did you decide this is what you wanted to do? And did you think this would be your entire career? Because you've been doing it quite a while, and you've been very successful. Again, you've you've changed a lot of lives out here. Well, I, and I think I told you once, I think I told you in the previous interview, what, and I hadn't, I've never told anybody this, my my sister was kind of shocked when I told her. My mother had a, a unpleasant experience with the police as when I was a youngster. Mm-hmm. And when I say unpleasant, she was involved in a, a, a wreck at a at a school. And the officer made my mom at fault. And they had all these witnesses that said that my mother wasn't at fault. And I remember how upset my mom was when she got home. And it made me see police officers differently, even at a young age, nine, 10 years of age. And it made me be more cognizant of watching the cops when I saw them. When they were in my midst or in my eyesight, I always watched what they did and how they carried themselves. And I, and I saw what a, all the officers I ran into were great guys. All the officers at my school that I ran into were awfully nice. You know, they bought students jerseys and tennis shoes mm-hmm. they were helpful to the families etc and i said man this is a great profession this is something i might want to do and i 
didn't really give it a whole lot of thought, but when an opportunity came and I met an officer um, who came to our college, I went to Southern University, big swag guy here. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up, my swag people? <laughs> and um, HBCU. HBCU, and I met I met him, and I never forgot him. And then when I came to Dallas, um, I reached out, and and he was like, "Hey, we're still hiring." His name was Bishop. I was his name was guy. He's retired mm-hmm. anyway. And I applied, and I was like, "These guys aren't gonna hire me. I have no experience." But um, six seven weeks later, um, I was they hired me, and uh, I always. Like a lot of cops, you hear them say, oh, I'm going to stay for 10 years. Right. I'm going to stay for 15. I'm going federal. I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to retire and do something else and all that. And I never said that because I'm like, I want, you know, I like the job, but I never thought I'd be here for 32 years. Uh, I just I never envisioned that would be my my life. But it's been great to my family. Um provided so much and opened so many doors for me um and um, i'm just very happy and i'm 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 nostalgic and i'm reflective on on all that is that has transpired around me um mostly good a few little bumps in the road sure but everything that's happened for me has been and i hope people see that in my work and my and the energy that i put towards this job I hope that the citizens that I heard that I serve here in uh, Northeast Dallas know that that I'm uh, that I've always tried to do the right thing, that um, I always have tried to help, and a lot of things that I've been involved in done people don't even know, and I like it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, never been a, a attention-seeking type person, but I am an attention-seeking person when it comes down to me getting what I need for my community. If it means me doing all the talking that I like to do, <laughs> or Thumping our chest about different things, whatever can get attention from people like yourselves, media folk or community folks. Um, when they want to give and do things, I hope they think about Northeast Division. I hope they think about Bourbon Smith, old 6550. That's my badge number. I hope they think about old 6550 and say, hey, I have some things I want to give to the community. And I've had that happen this year. You know, people contact and say, hey, I know you guys always do a lot of great things in the community. And I thought, hey, these coats, um, these this food or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I know you do good things. I, Chris, I, I lie to you not. Ten minutes ago, some lady just came up here and dropped off three bags of toys. And she said, I know you guys will do something right with them. I wish I could put the video on. I could show you these bags of toys. People just saying, hey, you know, they have extra, they have excess, and they brought it here. And they didn't say, hey, tell me where you're taking it. They didn't ask, what are you going to do with it? Uh, the officer at the front said they wanted to give them to you because they knew you would do the right thing with them. When people say that about you, that that means I'm in the right place. That yeah. means that I'm doing And I'm not the only one. It's so many. I keep saying I, but we have like 10 officers here in Northeast that do community outreach. And we have a great team. Um, and I... This all started, I said again, this all started with a guy named, to me, uh, and I think I mentioned his name to you before, Tony Crawford. Do you remember Tony Crawford? No, but go he ahead. Was shot, he was shot in 91 at White Rock Lake by some by this thug, mm-hmm. and Tony is paralyzed. Oh, my. Redhead guy, Tony Crawford. Yeah. And 
I, I, I think about him often because of his great attitude. And it made me, it really, he's made a, such a profound difference in my life, especially as a police officer, because he never lost perspective. He did this job, community policing. He was the sergeant here for many years, and he has a Christian heart. And I, I talk to him often. And then whenever people like to give me accolades, oh, Bourbon, y'all do so much here at Northeast. You got to do something. And I always, always go back and say, this all started, the foundation laid here was with um, Lieutenant Tony Crawford because he started this. And we used to do kid, we used to do kid fairs here on the Sally Port at Northeast. Mm-hmm. And then he retired, he promoted and moved downtown. And then I came back to Northeast and, start, and kept the fair up. And I hope I've improved it. And I hope this, our team has, it went from like five, 600 people every year to we have over 4,000 people we serve every second November. Um, and I suggest anybody follow us on Twitter or <clears throat> on the Northeast Digital Facebook page to find out what we're doing because we try to chronicle what we're doing, give you time to plan to be there. Every event we do is free. Everything we offer, if anyone ever says you're a charge for anything, they're lying, call the police. <laughs> everything we do is free. You know, and, and we we try to find ways. So there's so many people that want to give, Chris. I find I found this. Mm-hmm. You got to sometimes just ask them. Yeah. Or tell them what you're doing. Yeah. People want to help, but sometimes they don't know where to help. And some you know, they don't know who to trust to help. Mm-hmm. People are like, yeah, I would love to give $100 towards this or that, but they don't know. They want they want to know all their money goes towards um, that cause, and we do that here at Northeast. We, we 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 use all your donations, any of your funds that you may donate. It never comes to Bourbon Smith. We have run everything through the Lake Collins Public Improvement District, and they act as our bank. They're also they they, they do a great job of accounting to be able to account for every dime that we get, and we use all the money for whatever that outreach may be. And um, I'm just, again, I'm reflective, I'm nostalgic, and I'm thinking about, uh, as my career winds down, uh, all the people I hope I've helped. I think you've, uh, I I think you've been a, a, an asset, and more than that, you've been something that a lot of people have been duplicating. In other words, they, they see your blueprint that you're leaving. And I was wondering if there's any other first responders that you guys partner with, fire department, uh, ambulance. Oh, yes. Oh, oh wow. Well, I'm glad you asked that. We, oh, we, we do a lot with DFD, mm-hmm. Dallas Fire Department, Code Enforcement, um, uh, Better Dallas, Safer Dallas. Um, they're a big contributor. Uh, how, how about this here? How about the Margarita Society? Okay. Heard of them? Yes. They, they have their margarita ball all the time. Uh, Oh, they, those folks give every year to our kid fair. They do so much in the community. Um, and it started with a guy named Steve Crane with me probably 13, 14 years ago. Steve passed away some years ago, but he was such an advocate for children, such an advocate for change. Mm-hmm. And um, me and him became friends because I think he saw the passion that we had here at Northeast. And we were starting to, we, they, every year they would include us in their budget. As far as hey, buying bikes for kids, we do a bike rodeo, so we do bike safety. Um, we do a lot of fun things to get the kids there. Then we have a lot of educational stuff for the parents. We use the fun to get them there. Mm-hmm. You have to have something to draw. I learned that a long time ago. So I would have all kind of nice, neat things to get them there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, years ago, the big thing Chris used to be the 
18 wheelers that have the games on the back before it became a big business, but just certain companies that would put arcade games in the back of an 18 wheeler. Mm-hmm. And the kids could play all day. Right. So we, we started doing that and that started drawing the kids. So if you draw the kids, you can get the parents because these kids that we were pulling from the schools needed transportation. So the parents had to bring them. So when the parents would bring them, we have all kind of educational stuff for them that would improve their lives. Because if I improve the parents' lives, you improve the kids' lives. Exactly. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But I can do all I want for the kid, but if the kid doesn't have a parent over them that's that has meeting their needs, uh, like with our, I'll give an example, with our um, uh, Kids Health and Safety Fair owning special needs. We used to, when we first started doing it with the special needs about six years ago, we used to have all this stuff, games and toys and sensory items for the special needs kids. But I was like, you know, I started, you know, talking to people in that realm, in that world, and they were telling me how important it was that we realized that we had to make sure we took care of the caregiver for special needs families. Right, exactly. Everything possible. But we had to change our philosophy a little bit. And I started saying, let's start making sure we have resources, counseling, whatever it takes, you know, uh, long-term care facilities, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, lawyers that would come out and donate their time to make sure that the parents had their, unfortunately, their wills and their estates in order in case something happened. Because if you have a special needs kid, when that kid becomes 17 or 18, you don't send them off to college most, not all the time. Sometimes you do. You have some high learners, but you're going to be part of responsible for him or her for the rest of their lives. Yeah, as adults. And you're going to be, so we would have, yeah, as adults. So we started having lawyers and corporations and companies, you know, especially attorneys that could help get their estates in order. Um, making sure we had the right counseling, making sure that they had knew about the adult daycares that are available. What kind of government funding was available for these kids, you know, as far as assistance. Sure. And we could, we, again, we can do all we want for the child, all the games and, Popcorn and all that only goes so far. We have to have teach them living skills, lifelong living skills for those parents. So we use the kids. I hate to say it. We use the kids to get them there so that we can help the parents. You know, but it's a good and thing because it's, really it's a win-win for everybody. Has yeah, there been yeah. a has there been a situation, Bourbon, where um, a kid has grown up and years later they come back to you and say, "You know what? You did something and changed my life." I see some of them come back. Some of some of them have come. Some of them have come back and they come back to the fairs each year. Okay. Well, how about this year, Chris? Okay. I'm such an old man. Some of them are coming back with their kids. Look and, out! And some of them I don't recognize because they, you know, age and <laughs> oh, life, yeah. weight, oh, yeah. and life hits you, and it's like you don't remember, me, do you? And sometimes I'll be honest with y'all, lie and say, "Yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember <laughs> you." And I know that I know that happens to you all the time in your work line. Oh yeah, expect, you'd be say, surprised. They shake your hand, yeah. and you should you should remember when you met them and how you met them and the whole conversation. So sometimes I'll say, oh, "Of course I do." You know, then they'll start talking. I say, "Well, yeah, man, how you been? How your family?" And then and then it all clicks. It all clicks. they start telling about themselves and what they do and where they've been and where they live, and then it comes back to me. So, oh yeah, I remember you. He's like, yeah, man, I look a little different. I've gained a little weight, but thank you for what you did for me. You know, and sometimes you, you have to rest. Sometimes we have to make a rest. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those those minor rests, some kids say that saved their lives. Because I've had some kids come back and say, hey, I was spiraling out of control. Right. I had no guidance. Right. Thank you. Thank you for, for what you did. And I'm and I'm like, and some of the kids you see, like you had a, I didn't have maybe a good relationship with them because they were doing some 
neighborhood things, especially in Hamilton Park, that they weren't supposed to be doing because that's such a historic neighborhood, especially for African Americans, and it has such a such meaning. Yeah, a lot of and pride. Yeah, a lot of pride. And you know, one of the first neighborhoods in North Dallas we had those predominantly African American and get African American professionals there, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And to see some of those things that were happening in that neighborhood kind of hurt my feelings. So we did we did some heavy enforcement. And to now see some of these kids who are now 22, 25, 30, and have their own kids and to hear them come back and say, you know, you know, that they appreciate what we did and he and or they or he'll say or she'll say, I understood what you're trying to do. And it's just it makes you feel good and, and you hope you made you hope you made it makes you know you made a difference and that you're on the right track. And that's what I've always tried to be on the right track. And I've always prayed and asked God to, to lead me in in the direction he wants me to go. Well, let me tell you Not something. What I want. Yeah, it, it's it's been yeah, working out so many years. Out. And again, I know you guys have been doing a great job over there at the Northeast Division Neighborhood Police Unit, Dallas DPD. Could you talk about a couple of things that might be coming up uh, in 2023 before we get out of here? Well, uh, the job fair in the spring for the kids. Um, we're, uh, we do a lot of stuff with apartments up here. So we got a multifamily expo coming up where companies who do great work in the multifamily family industry, we're going to have them there to come talk about their product, trying to get the best of the best. Um, in the spring, we do a senior wellness event like you've never seen. We will do a senior wellness event where we'll include the uh, Cooper Clinic. Well, they'll come by and talk about the best ways to age. What are the cutting things that you can do to help you age gracefully? All this stuff is free. We had Dr. Cooper last year. He came out free, talked for almost an hour, gave out videos of his talks. These are things that are life-changing, enhancing your life because some of these communities will never get to see this man in person. So we'll do that in the spring. Be looking for a flyer on our social media platforms where we will do it. We'll have a lot of uh, gift bags. We'll do what we call personal care bags for seniors. And you say, what is that? Those are things that seniors sometimes can't afford to buy. Because when you're a senior and you're on a fixed income, sometimes these folks have to decide between um, uh, medication and electric bill. And what's left out, they don't buy personal items. We call them personal items. What these personal items are, Chris, is really toiletries mm-hmm. toothbrush toothpaste the basics the things that we yeah things that we assume everybody has but in in reality a lot of seniors don't so it's what i call is things that make you feel like a human being every morning to be able to get up and brush your teeth wash your face have all those things have deodorant on when you walk out the house those things make i think that they, they, they keeps your humanity that mm-hmm. makes sense it makes you feel like a normal yes. person yes living how many i hate to say this how many of you left out of the house going to work and you forget to put the owner on <laughs> and it messes up your whole day how about you think about it all morning don't you oh yeah you think about hey man did i put the owner on gotta run did to I the drugstore drug yeah you know you, you think about those these we want to make you feel like everybody else in the world and hopefully give you some confidence as you go through your day so the, the senior wellness event is huge that'll be sometime in the spring and oh 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 every other year we do our northeast it's now called the Daryl Wood Volunteer of the Year Award. We do a big banquet uh, in April where we recognize uh, Neighborhood of the Year, Volunteer of the Year, Volunteer and Patrol Person of the Year, VIP Group of the Year. And it's really called the Northeast Division. Um, t- it's the Taste of Northeast honoring our um, community leaders, basically. 
That's what it's all about. Bourbon, again, thank you so much for joining us and starting our year off right and letting everybody know what the Northeast Division Neighborhood Police Unit is all about. Thanks again, Bourbon. I'm Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, thanking you for joining us. And a happy New Year's, everyone. Tune in next week as we focus on other organizations and individuals doing great things in North Texas here on Better Living. So long, everybody.